the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God emphasizes the fact here that he is the creator of all, including mankind. And so he has the authority to be the judge of mankind. He also has the ability to forgive mankind of his sins. But here he's talking about judgment. And he is the authority. He's the creator of all. Bible says that all of us will give an account to him. If you're given a warning about a tornado that's been sighted, but you disregard it, it's only natural that you're in the path of destruction. It would be foolish to ignore the warning signs and assume you'll be just fine. In a similar way, Pastor Dan talks today about God's warning of judgment and how God's people continued living in their wicked ways, not taking what God promised seriously. This is so common for human nature to kick in and for people to think they know better than God. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Amos chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. never measure these things based on how they make us feel. But does it honor God? Does it please Him? Does He love it? So, now that brings us to verse 6. Beginning in verse 6, all the way down to verse 11, the Lord lists several judgments that He sent upon the nation of Israel, and he sends these on the nation of Israel in an attempt to get Israel to return back to him. He's chastening them to try to get them to repent and to get them to return back to him. The first thing I want you to note here with this is that God did not send just one thing upon the nation to get them to turn back. God did not send only one thing upon the nation that they could easily dismiss as just a a, a random misfortune or some kind of bad luck or an isolated incident symbolizing nothing. God sent a series of judgments on the nation that were back to back to back to back, even happening simultaneously in the nation. It's not just that one bad thing happened. If it was just one bad thing that happened in one isolated place, okay, you could maybe dismiss that as just some isolated, random, you know, unfortunate incident that happened in the nation. But you can't dismiss all these things that are happening as random events. You can't say, well, well, they're not connected. They're not from the Lord They have no meaning. It's just a coincidence that all these terrible things are happening in the nation all at the same time. So look what he says in verse 6. 
Also, I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities. Now, that doesn't sound very bad to have clean teeth. They have clean teeth because they have nothing to eat. And lack of bread in all your places. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. They had clean teeth because they had nothing to eat. They lacked bread to eat. So what did God do as this judgment, as this chastening to try to get them to return back to him? God gave them scarcity of food. Scarcity of food to eat. And the scarcity of food did not cause Israel to return to the Lord. They just dismissed it. That's a terrible thing. But, you know, the economy will recover. It's just temporary. Things will get back to normal soon. And again, when Amos wrote this, it was, he writes this at a time of great prosperity and wealth. Everybody's doing well. They had plenty of food to eat. He's talking about a judgment that would come in the near future. And when that judgment came upon the nation... The people didn't say, wait a minute, didn't Amos tell us that something like this might happen? No, they just dismissed it. it, You know, the shortage of food is not anything for us to to worry about. Well, then, verse 7, I also withheld rain from you. When there were still three months to the harvest, I made it rain on one city. I withheld rain from another city. One part was rained upon, and where it did not rain, that part withered. So two or three cities wandered to another city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet, you have not returned to me, says the Lord. So God sent a drought upon Israel, but he sent the drought to parts of the nation and not all of the nation. So regions of the nation suffered from a drought. And as a result, The crops failed in those regions and the people living in those regions didn't have enough water to drink. And so they had to go to other parts of the country for water. But this did not cause the people to return to the Lord. Again, the people just dismissed it. Well, droughts happen. You know, this is just something it's temporary. It'll pass. We'll get rain next year. Everything will return back to normal. Then, I blasted you with blight and mildew. When your gardens increase, your vineyards, your fig trees, and your olive trees, the locusts devoured them. Yet, you have not returned to me, says the Lord. So their crops were destroyed by disease and mildew. And locusts. And, and remember, Israel had an agrarian economy. So it's not just that, you know, your garden got ruined by caterpillars or something like that. The economy is devastated. The economy collapses now. Again, Amos wrote this when the economy was booming. But in a few years, all of the crops are going to be destroyed. All of the crops are going to fail. The economy is going to collapse Yet this economic collapse did not cause the nation to return to the Lord. So, verse 10, I sent among you a plague. After the manner of Egypt, your young men I killed with a sword. Along with your captive horses, I made the stench of your camps come up into your nostrils. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. The people suffered from a plague. After the manner of Egypt, and many people died in the nation as a result of this plague. But the plague 
didn't cause the nation to return to the Lord. Uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, if you're taking notes, Exodus 15, 26, God says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. God specifically promised that he would not give the children of Israel any of the diseases of the Egyptians, any of the plagues of the Egyptians, if they diligently obeyed him. So it was, a, it was a conditional promise, and the condition was obedience. So then Israel, in the days of Amos now, they start suffering a plague. It doesn't tell us what the plague was exactly, but they start suffering a plague after the manner of Egypt. And again, no one at this point said, wait, didn't God say we wouldn't suffer the diseases of Egypt if we obeyed him? Do you think maybe this is happening to us because we're disobeying the Lord? And that's what's brought this plague upon the nation? Nobody said that. And look at the verse again. Their horses died in this plague. Now, horses were Israel's military strength. At this point, they trusted in their horses to save them instead of the Lord. Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Israel trusted in their horses and not the Lord. So when their horses died in this plague, it was like their military was gutted of all of its strength because of this plague. But that didn't cause the people to return to the Lord. Look at verse 11. I overthrew some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And you were like a firebrand plucked from the burning. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. Many of the cities of Israel were completely destroyed and burned to the ground by the Assyrians. And the cities became uninhabitable. But the destruction of their cities didn't cause the people of Israel to return to the Lord. Again, if it were one thing happening in the nation, you could maybe dismiss it. But when you have all these things happening in the nation at the same time, that should get the people's attention. That should cause the nation to wake up. But it didn't. And, and by the way, God warned Israel that these things would happen if they rebelled against him and his commands. If you want to turn with me over to Deuteronomy chapter 28, we'll look at that together. Deuteronomy 28. And here in Deuteronomy 28, this is is just before the children of Israel enter into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. This is right before Moses passes off the scene and the baton is passed to Joshua And Moses is going through the law again with the new generation that has grown up in the wilderness. And here in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, he describes to them the blessings for obedience to the Lord once they enter into the land and the curses for disobedience once they enter into the land. I just want to read through some of these. They'll sound familiar from what we just read in Amos verse 15. Deuteronomy 28, 15, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, 
that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. You won't have any dough to knead. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke, and all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with the scorching, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And your heavens, which are over your head, shall be bronze, meaning there's not going to be any rain. And the earth, which is under you, shall be iron. It will become dried out and hard. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust from the heaven. It shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. And no one shall frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt. Remember that from Amos? With tumors, with the scab, and with the itch. I've got the itch, right? Uh, From which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. And you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually. And no one shall save you. And and we can go on. Look down at verse 42. We'll skip down to verse 42. Locusts shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. We read about the locusts in Amos chapter 4. Look down at verse 60. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you. Also, every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, will the Lord bring upon you until you are all destroyed. So even the stuff that's not even mentioned in this book is going to happen to them as well. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So God warned them before He even brought them into the land that, hey, if you rebel against me and rebel against my commands, this is what's going to happen to you. Now in the days of Amos, it's happening. And they should know this because they've got the word of God. They've got Deuteronomy chapter 28, but nobody cares about the word at this point 
and the nation. Now turn back to Amos chapter 4, and we'll finish up here. Amos chapter 4. So he's gone through, in verses 6 to 11, all of these you know, judgments that he's brought upon the nation in an attempt to get the nation to return to the Lord. But nothing works. They don't turn to the Lord. So verse 12, look what God says now. Therefore, after all of these things that I've done to try to get you to return to me, therefore, thus will I do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, prepare to meet your God, O Israel. God sent all of these judgments upon the nation to persuade them to return to him. When they did not return to him, the only thing left for Israel is destruction. He's saying here, nothing more can be done to persuade the nation to turn to me. So prepare to meet your God and judgment. In Romans chapter 10, verse 21, God says, but to Israel all day long, I have stretched out my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. All day long, God extended salvation to Israel, but they refused his salvation. They refused to return. So the only thing left for them is destruction. But God lays out his case, right? We see, like, well, these are all the things I did to try to get them to turn. Nothing, they, they didn't respond to anything. So all that's left now is prepare to meet your God in judgment. And so too with a person. Listen, the Bible says the Spirit of God will not always strive with man. God desires that every person comes to repentance and salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, but a person can reject Jesus Christ and reject Jesus Christ and reject his offer of forgiveness and reject his offer of salvation. And they can continue to reject and reject and harden their heart and harden their heart to the Lord. And when they reject Jesus Christ, they reject the only way of salvation that God has provided for mankind. And once a person rejects Jesus Christ and, and they reject all of God's offers of salvation, well, there really is nothing more that can be done for them. All that is left for them is God's judgment. They've rejected the only way to be saved. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. If after a person they have received the knowledge of the truth about Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection to save us, and that person rejects it, and continues in their sin, doesn't repent, doesn't receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, Hebrews says, well, there no longer remains a sacrifice for their sins. They've rejected the one sacrifice God has provided for their sins. They've rejected the only way to be saved. And so they should expect God's fiery judgment. That's all that's left. And that's what he says here to Israel. I've done all these things to try to persuade you to return to me. And you, you've rejected it all. So prepare to meet your God, O Israel. You've given me no choice. This isn't, this isn't what I desire for you. I, I, I wanted you to turn to me and live. 
I wanted to forgive you. I want to restore you. But you refused. Remember Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, how I wanted to gather you under my wings as a mother hen gathers her chicks. But you wouldn't let me. This is is what Jesus wants. Jesus wants to forgive our sins. He wants to give us eternal life. He wants to spend eternity with us in heaven. That's the offer, the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. That's his side of it. Our side of it is we, we have to receive it. And if we don't receive it, we're turning down the only way to be saved. And so all that is left is judgment for that person. And so verse 13, just to finish us up in the chapter. For behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind, he who declares to man what his thought is and makes the morning darkness, who treads the high places of the earth, the Lord God of hosts is his name. God emphasizes the fact here that he is the creator of all, including mankind. And so he has the authority to be the judge of mankind. He also has the ability to forgive mankind of his sins. But here he's talking about judgment. And he is the authority. He's the creator of all. And the Bible says that all of us will give an account to him. And through Jesus Christ, all of our sins are forgiven. All of our sins are washed away. Everything we've ever done wrong. You know, if, you, if you remove all of the sin from your record. All that's left is the good stuff. And the Bible talks about too. How our sin was put upon Jesus Christ. When he was on the cross. And all of his righteousness was put upon us. And on our account. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've put your trust in him. You've received him as your Lord and Savior. When the day comes when you stand before God and he looks at your account, he's going to see the righteousness of Jesus Christ on your account. Not your sin, because your sin was put on the cross on Christ. He's just going to see the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so he will say to you, well done, good And faithful servant. Not because you've done well. Or I've done well. Or because we've been good. Or we've been faithful. But because Jesus has. He is the good and faithful servant. Who has done well. In serving the father. And his righteousness is given to us. And then we stand before God. Holy, blameless and above reproach in his sight. Because Jesus was holy and blameless and above reproach. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. Jesus, we thank you so much that you came and you died on the cross for us. We thank you that through your death and resurrection, we have the forgiveness of sins and we have eternal life. And that all of your righteousness has been put upon our account. And we don't stand in our own righteousness, which is filthy rags. But in your righteousness, your perfect righteousness. And we thank you for that. We thank you for such a great salvation that we have. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know.
Amos 4 verse 10 says, I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword, and I carried away your horses, and I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils. Yet you did not return to me, declares the Lord. The first half of chapter 4 contains many words just like this, where the Lord says, I sent hard, hard things your way, but you didn't return to me. Often we look at hard things as outside the will of God. Certainly, a God who loves us wouldn't send difficulties our direction, or would he? As a loving God, a loving parent, he will do what he needs to do to get our attention and draw us back to him. Examine your own life today. Is there anything you know is not right? Bring it before the Lord today. Turn your heart toward Him. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton right here on Ring of Truth, a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. You live in the area? We'd love to meet you. Come join us on a Sunday morning for worship. You can find all the information you need at calvaryec.com. Once again, the website is calvaryec.com. And for those of you who aren't in the area, Head on over to iTunes and find our podcast. We have so many more great messages to share with you. Well, we are running out of time for today, but we want you to know that we are praying for you. So come back and see us again next time for another great message on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.